Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. We have a returning guest. It's Rachel Krishna. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for Very having exciting. me. I feel like I've harassed you via, look, kind of semi-harassed via tweets by just tweeting about musical theatre and only having you respond. And that's how you get on the podcast. I feel like we've got a really good rhythm with that going that every so often you'll make a highly specific musical theatre tweet and I'll be like, uh, that's for me. (laughs) <laughs> that's very specifically for me <laughs> it's it's definitely a trap I, I'm not sure if it's a parasocial trap or whatever that I've fallen into within this podcast where if someone is on the podcast and then tweets about their topic even five years later I'd be like that's our that's our thing me and you it's like a Remember? bat signal <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and it's not true they're just tweeting about something they're interested yeah, in they still that's why they picked it for the podcast in the first place yeah yeah they didn't just purge <laughs> their love of their subject on this uh on this podcast and then never engage with it again it's like no it's still a big part yeah. of lots of people's personalities you know mm-hmm. uh so the first time you were here we talked about joseph and the mm. amazing technicolor dream code and we talked a little bit about our own musical theater experiences as kids but we thought we should probably go much deeper into that so i guess this is the topic of this is kind of just being a theatre kid in general. Is it, that be fair? Would that be yeah. Fair? And I think, you know, it's, it is the season of the Christmas nativity mm-hmm. school play sort of thing. And I, and I felt, and also, I don't know how anyone else's school plays work, but like all the auditions happened, in, all of the plays and like auditions happened in autumn and winter. So this is the time of year for me. The energy is in the room kind of thing. <laughs> um, and so maybe this is why it's suitable in my brain. So where do we start? So I guess let's go through a chronological list of all the plays you were in school. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I'm trying to think. So there was obviously Joseph, which I think was mentioned last time. Mm-hmm. Um, this That was in primary school. There was nativities of various forms. Um, what was your nativity role? So in nursery, I was Mary. I peaked really early. I was Mary at age like four, um, which like is really like hard to like mm. keep consistent after that. Yeah, yeah, you come um, in really hot with that. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's making you it, you know? You can't go back from that. Um, and then I think I was a narrator a few years afterwards as well. And so, like, um, it's still a good a good role in it um, <laughs> by all standards, by, by the common denominator of the good roles in the nativity plays. Um, but there was also a Joseph, it was Joseph, and then there was Jack and the Beanstalk, my two Js. Jack and the Beanstalk, there's, like, a role doll version of jack and the beanstalk with like songs and stuff which i did at primary school um and i think i might have touched on this last time but i went to like a catholic secondary school and they were very weird about the the school plays we could and couldn't do so like Mm. greece was banned a bunch of other ones which kind of had like the obvious sexual overtones were banned so at secondary school it was a play that my drama teacher themselves wrote called Dream Date. Another play which they wrote themselves called First Time, uh, which is... <laughs> <laughs> I would um, love to see that pitch meeting, yeah. Um, yeah. Then, then Oliver. Then oh, wow. a version of Animal Farm, which they wrote themselves with uh, parodies of popular songs. Okay, Animal um, Farm de Panto then. Basically, then uh, there was High School Musical one year as well. There was um, uh, Faust. Again, they rewrote it themselves and put in popular songs. This is a very ambitious drama. How long were you in school? (laughs) Um, And then the final one was uh, Return to the Forbidden Planet, which is a quite left field choice, I think. Yeah um but yeah like i had friends at other schools who did like les mis or did like you know these mm. quite like typical ones um but yeah we did like a rewritten version of faust in which my drama teacher rewrote the lyrics to um the killer song are you human or are you dancer uh mm-hmm. to something like are you devil or are you magician and like like this is the level we're talking about so that's, that's- the thing i can remember that sounds like something out of like, um, I, I feel like that so surreal that it has to be real, you know, that yeah. way where it's yeah. like it's somebody's deep pet project is writing musicals and the only way that they can ever move into that world is through school theatre mm. where they 
Faust and Animal Farm. Like what? Yeah. What, what like, hot takes? Keeping in mind that we weren't allowed to do uh, Greece or anything like that at school. The in the Faust re- re- rewrites, there's a bit where there's a, there's a joke where Faust is having a sleep at work, having a nap at work, and he's having like inappropriate dreams at work. And he's dreaming about a strip club. So guess what? A bunch of fifteen-year-old girls <laughs> reenacted in a school play um, to the NERD song. Um, so what? Lap it's, dance. What, lap dance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine, but Greece is a no. Yeah. Greece is a no. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you, you know the real reason nobody did Greece because we huh? were told because we, every year we were asked to do Greece, and what our um, music director told us was that. Greece is incredibly expensive and also Summer Lovin' and You're the One That I Want aren't in the original musical so you have to pay extra to do those because you have to buy the film rights to do those ones. So Greece is incredibly expensive to license to put on as a, as a school play. But every year we like, can we do Greece next year? Like, no. Too expensive. Can't That's get it. a car. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cars, leather jackets. What do you think we are? <laughs> like, come on. That's wild. That is... I so did you go to like... Uh, just a regular school or was this a stage, stage school? No, this was like a regular school. Um, it's a lot of plays. Yeah, it's a play like, a yeah, year. They, it was a play a year. So they had the school play each year. And then for a couple of years, they also did like, if you were um, not not in, the G, not in your GCSE years, so like if you were year nine as we had it, um, you'd get to do a kind of like play with the younger kids. And that was usually a Shakespeare-y kind of one, which they tried to... You know how it was like the thing a few years ago where it's like, it's Shakespeare, but it's set in like the the mods and the rockers era. It's Shakespeare, mm-hmm. but you're all like punks. They'd do something like that. And yeah. so we did a few of those as well. Um, but yeah, it was a play a year around autumn. Um, and that was kind of like the peak of it. That's incredible. That's so much... We did one ever. <laughs> what was it come on what was it then did i talk why did i talk about this last time that it was this it was you an assortment before, yeah yeah because yeah, i'm traumatized by it all, and yeah. i'm still trying yeah. to work it out you know it was, a, it was a selection of musicals from the 50s to that were like themed over the years right so 50s to the 90s so the fifth and it was like there's an enormous cast as you can imagine it was just like well we've only got one shot at doing a musical so we might as well just put every girl in this poxy school in it so for the 50s it was weirdly Greece the 60s it was even weirder hair 70s Saturday Night Fever weird choice 80s Cats and 90s The Lion King bizarre selection did you go to an all-girls school? Then? I did. I and did. And you did Night Fever, which is a male-heavy, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greatest drag show on earth. Um, I had... T- everyone ha- Everyone got, like, who was singing got two roles. You know, you would appear in one thing or another. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, two out of the five, you know. Um, I had one song line, which was Kiniki from Greece. Uh, did you get very far? Thank you. Um, that's it. <laughs> Uh, I'm still fucking furious. I was a dancer. Me- this is the thing with the dancing. I don't fucking dance for shit. I was a dancer in Saturday Night Fever. Nightmare. Like, absolutely couldn't fucking remember. I can remember them now. And I also now inexplicably know all the lyrics to pretty much every, like, like staying alive, all of it. Every single fucking word embedded deep into the back of my head. Also, the whole hand jive. You know, like I can't, I, I was such a bad dancer. That's a, that that's a life skill though, to know the full hand drive. Yeah. I would love to well, know the full hand drive. At uh, what cost though? Um, <laughs> and what else do you lose out your brain if you yeah. lose I was so mad. I, I didn't get a proper fucking singing part. Still mad because the director, uh, who I will not name today, uh, her sister also wanted the part, the part that I wanted. And her fucking sister, who was like a head voice soprano, got the part that I wanted, which was um, in Cats, obviously. Um, still mad about it. Got one line. Were you so? Like, what kind of roles did you occupy in in this very this incredible breadth of musicals? Um, so obviously, due to uh, <laughs> uh, probably looking back, slightly slightly racial profile casting, I was Gabriella in High School Musical. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which I like look back on and I'm like, oh, maybe those great songs though. Great That's great song. songs. That's a great um, like. But in the in the kids 
stage where this is very deep musical musical law um in the this stage where musical, musical Ga- gabriella never gets a song to herself in the one that's in the film where she's supposed to where she sings by herself it's split up and half it's given to troy in the musical that is so interesting um with, as a bit like but that's a, that's a great song and you're like giving it half to troy but yeah uh, so I did that, and then in Faust, so like the, the drama teacher who wrote all the plays and wrote all the songs and everything like that, he was very into that kind of like Brechtian style of theatre where everyone stays on stage for as much as they can, and like you know the, all those kind of like vibes. And in Faust, he had um, four girls who were like essentially like his Faust's conscience, and we had to stay on stage for the whole thing, sit on filing cabinets which were kind of like made to look like little like podium stage things so I was one of those girls which was like fun in the way of like you just kind of like spent six weeks of rehearsals like sat on stage watching stuff like doing little little bits of like theatre here and there but it's also just exhausting Um, and I remember by the end of it there was like four 17 year old girls or 16 year old girls was like absolutely losing their minds after like <laughs> or, like things I was like this isn't normal like this is like, like I think the height like, of feminine hysteria like this is what drove us here I've been sitting on a filing cabinet for two yeah. months <laughs> like yeah. I do think there's this like element having done like you know school plays and then like like weekend theatre schools of like when you do those performances and it's you know four nights in a row or whatever and you're like 15 you're also going to school and then you're like doing a play up until like 10 p.m at night and then going in you do get to this like level of like like energy and hysteria that is really like odd but also very enthralling and like you just are like running on like adrenaline and i think that's like part of the reason why people like enjoy it so much because it is just like the sprint at the end um but yeah those were like the two big roles I got and then the rest of it was kind of like you know worker boy in Oliver and like that kind of element of things um my the, the drama teacher very much had their favorites who were mostly boys um and so all the school plays were like ones which suited like boys in the leads and <clears throat> ones which suited this and then I was like and one girl who changes each year because like he was very much like one of these teachers who was like oh all the boys who are naughty in my class actually they're the talented ones and they can have like the big Mr. Shoe behavior, yeah. The yes. big yeah. Mr. Shoe energy. <laughs> Al, did you have musicals? Al, did you have musicals in your school? Yeah, so we didn't do. We didn't have a nativity in primary school ever, which is weird. Um, what we did have in Waterford is a thing called Fail in the Scala every May or June, which is where every school would send one or two classes to this thing, and they would put on some kind of variety performance. So, um, the year I was in sixth year or sixth class, uh, which is the last year of primary school in Ireland. Um, we did a play called Jack Frost. I don't know who wrote it. I've never heard of it before or after. Um, but I was Jack Frost in it. Sick. Um, I'd never done anything like that before. Um, in fact, on my school report that year, uh, where he would just, for our teacher would write for everybody else, like, you know, Gary, his settling in well is good. Mine was Adam's shyness continues to be a problem. So, um, so I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to audition for this. So you had to go stand up in front of the class and audition and read some of the lines. Um, and then he picked out like the 10 best there. And then we have all to go outside and he picked, bring us in one by one to do it again. And then it was narrowed down to three. So it was me and two other guys. And I was like, and they both just read the line off the page, like a 10 year old reading a line off the page. I was like, I need to do something. Go big or go home here. I'm never going to audition for anything ever again. I know this in my heart. I won't. So I did actually like put some feeling into the line and I can see the guy beside me go, Shit. Uh, sick, sick. <laughs> so that's be Jack Frost, but Jack Frost was have a lot of solos in this play. He made all every song a group song, which is very annoying. I was very looking forward to living out my Bon Jovi fantasies um, on the stage of the Theatre Royal. That thing was in the big theatre in Waterford as well. This famous wow. thing, yeah. So we had to go on like be on a real stage and stuff. Um, so that was primary school. In secondary school, um, there was a transitionary musical. So I think I mentioned this in the last one. Transition year is a, an optional year in between the junior and senior tests. Um, so the, the play is technically open to fourth to transition years and fifth years, but it generally it's all like transition years. Uh, also went to an all boys school and um, girls from the other girl from the girls schools 
were in our play as well. Instead of doing their own one, they would come and be the girls in ours. So it was just the only feral. The yeah, only mix. that is yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So many couples, that, like just so many hor- like so much hormones, like just. Uh, a friend of mine met his wife in their um, school. Ah, Jesus. They went to a mixed school and they met in their transition year. They started going out. Oh, they did filler on the roof and they went out. Wow. Um, so the transition oh, musical I was in was, yeah. Uh, Health Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, amazing. Um, they had to bring in uh, an outside actor to be the lead because he's like, has to tap dance and be in every scene and be a romantic lead and none none of us are up to the job. Um your before us was something like it hot, which I'm incredibly jealous about. That would have been I hilarious. Would have loved that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And they were really good. It was like these like it was just this GAA guy turned out to be just like Jack Lemon's heir. It was incredible. <laughs> he just had a knack you know to get, yeah, which is again gift. pure glee stuff. Yeah. Um and the year after this was Joseph, which we talked about in the show. So I did I did um Spotlight the year after Joseph. me was also Joseph. The year after yeah. I left fucking school, they did Joseph, and I was just like, the best. Yeah. What the fuck? Like you know, the window closed on me. That our Joseph was like a a county wide phenomenon. It was like they were talking on the radio. We they got entered into like the Waterford Opera Festival with it. Uh, we won a special award. It was like the Spirit of the Festival Award. Sick. Which I think was just like, you're very young. Everyone everyone else here is like in their thirties. <laughs> You so, sure are a bunch of children. <laughs> we are enjoying your youthful exuberance. Yes. Yeah. I remember like being outside of my body because we were up in a balcony during the awards ceremony and they like announced it and we were all like, yeah, losing our minds. I was like, they're enjoying our youthful exuberance. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, being in the house to see in business was incredible because it's like, it's a two and a half hour show. It's so long. And I was only in like the first two numbers in the last two. So just, you're up in the dressing room hanging out for like two Waiting hours every night. Yeah. And like the thing about like, and again the, those ones were in like the, the proper theatre as well so you become like this like like seasoned like hand <laughs> you're like wandering in the stage door 10 minutes before showtime putting on your suit and you know what your makeup is and stuff because we did like six nights I think wow it was just it was great Um, it's definitely like one of the the key like confidence moments of my life I would say yeah it was like that and joining a band and then like later on like twitter stuff Mm. probably mm. Um, what yeah, is love- Twitter if not musical theatre really <laughs> <laughs> like what truly there is yeah. a through line I, I feel yeah. I was like raised around panto and variety mm. shows uh, my grandmother was in panto and in variety shows my whole life so I spent a lot of my early childhood sitting in an empty community centre watching my grandmother and the other ladies capital L ladies from the community rehearsing various variety shows and helping my nana learn lyrics and um listening to cassette tapes of all the tracks they would be using in the shows got super obsessed with Barry Manilow very young as a result um saw like they were all again like the school musical that I ended up briefly being in they were all like a selection of of a bunch of different musicals and Mm -hmm. I feel really lucky uh, that I got to watch all of those shows unfold for years and years of my life like um I don't know did you after school Rachel did you stay in it at all like was there any sort of adult like participation in it not really because the energy felt really different in this kind of way like it felt like Mm. It feels, it does feel different kind of, I guess it's like Amdram, isn't it, in that way? And like some Amdram, I think, especially in parts of like, if you're outside very big cities in England, it does feel a bit weird or it felt a bit weird. Um, and like my university didn't really do like musicals, they did plays and stuff like that, which I'd like done in school because I was a drama student, but it, it kind of lacked the magic in the same way. I think there is this kind of thing of like, if you're doing it at school or you're doing it like at like you know an after an after school club sort of thing that sort yeah. of like useful bonding which is mm. like really important um or really like key to it and then you kind of like you know you go you like leave that when you turn 18 or whatever and also like kind of like what alan was h- hitting on it is essentially a place to hook up with people and like yeah <laughs> it's like the, the amount of hormones that go on in like backstage of theatres or like rehearsals like I so many you know you always hear like so many male actors or like men being like why did you get into theatre or musicals and it's like to meet girls and like there is that like aggressive energy within it but also I think when you do like a school musical um the fact that like you and your your friends from maths 
are putting on this like mm. professional level production almost like or what feels like professional level production mm. um looking back it wasn't um, <laughs> yeah, it's well, totally, it, you know it's what? totally we, fucking yeah. decontextualized right you see all yeah. these bitches in their uniforms every single day and then suddenly they can sing and it's like, sorry, mm-hmm. what? Where are you fucking keeping that? And, and then sometimes, yeah. And sometimes they fucking can't sing, which is funny. And yes. I maintain that one of my favorite things that will absolutely obliterate me. You know, when you're just like, it's like having a weak spot on your body, like an Achilles heel. My mm. will make me laugh no matter what is flat singing. And to the point where I kind of like, I kind of like it. Like I will <laughs> seek it out. You know, like, you know, the that that there's a it's one of those little uh, audio clips of the um, Jurassic Park theme and somebody playing the recorder badly over it. Mm -hmm. That is at the center of the pleasure zone in my brain. That is my favorite sound. That's why that game Trombone Champ is so fun. Oh, my God. Because they've pitched it slightly off. It's so. So it's never in tune. It's the funniest thing. It's perfect. It's It's that kind of like, yeah, that like people people coming together and your like school friends coming together and doing this thing which like it's kind of like almost a uh, um, uh, mouse against a mountain sort of style thing like there, is, there mm. shouldn't be children doing like it's also, <laughs> a lot of the topics of these musicals like a bunch of children shouldn't be acting out like guys and dolls and like yeah. you know, that kind of thing but it's funny because it's children it's and once it yeah. like, gets a bit more towards adults you have to take it a little bit more seriously and so mm. there's like like if you think of I don't know how like into like early era YouTube you were, but speaking of Glee, because he was on Glee, like um, the Harry Potter musical and like Team Star Kid and that sort mm. of energy of like yes. that DIY musical works perfectly because it's a similar sort of thing of like, but you have but one, yeah once you get to adults and you're actually trying to put on a good musical and not just be a bunch of kids kind of yeah. yeah that's it the seriousness can puncture it you know like all the ballet girls because there was yeah. a fleet of ballet girls i don't know what the collective noun for a ballet <laughs> fleet but, but for ballet girls is but there were like a just a sort of a six of them my best friend was a, was one of them um and they were all cast in cats which is objectively funny cats is objectively funny it's brilliant yes. it's a great musical absolutely top five i'm not fucking taking feedback on that statement it's incredible um but putting on like a 20 minute production of cats within a variety show in, in a school should be super funny hmm. it was poe faced it was <laughs> poe faced it was so serious because all the ballet girls were living for mincing around and flexing their muscles cats is objectively funny yeah. but bringing a seriousness to and and and, and like if you have you're right yeah if you have teenagers playing these roles it there should be a kind of a giddiness or a silliness instead of a real like an incredible sincerity to it like part of what makes star kid so fucking alluring is that it has the air that anybody at any moment could have started pissing themselves laughing yeah like at any moment someone is going to start laughing and that thrilling energy is what made what what makes those kind of productions magical but our school was run like um a fucking army barracks as well so um there's no fucking smiling in these musicals to tell you that we were all like born to hand jive baby well like dead fucking serious you know um but yeah that wild silly energy is really powerful and really rare and you're right i don't think it can exist outside of those school places because everyone is sort of trying a bit harder yeah, you actually have to be good by. Oh no, you don't have to be good, but no, when you're 18 and you're like, you know, doing like plays and musical theatre, there is this kind of expectation of like, by the age, like, okay, you, you probably should like, if you're doing this, you probably should actually kind of like want to be doing it in some sort of like mm. serious way. But uh, like on that note, I remember when we were doing High School Musical, like it wasn't quite clicking and like it wasn't quite the the vibe of the show wasn't quite there. And then a bunch of the guys who'd been cast as the Wildcats, the football like not football basketball boys worked out that it'd be really funny if whenever they were going off stage they just yelled to the showers boys and all went Whoa! and like that's what we just started doing when they went off stage and were like going like yeah shower time and like we'll come and like started improvising this little like off stage stuff with them and it's like oh like they worked out how to make this work which is just like absolutely take the piss out of it and like once you get the in jokes in the show once you get someone who's like 
just riffing and improvising as much as it pisses off the teachers which is funny um you know it would it would work really well i've got questions <laughs> maybe this is my very intense drama teacher he basically ran it like an actual like like production so once the play was done every night he gave us notes every night of what went wrong and what went good did everyone else have that or was it just my teacher being very intense um it wasn't detailed notes because I remember I remember specifically like um, Wednesday was good, Thursday was only okay, mm. and then Friday and Saturday were amazing, and Sunday was just like the last night. Yeah. But like, so I remember like each night they were coming, and he would go, "You know, tonight wasn't as good. I don't know why you did. Maybe you just got cocky after last night, but tomorrow's gonna be really good. Cause you're gonna do really well." And that was kind of it because there was we had two music teachers in our school, and they took turns being the musical director each year, mm. and one was a Christian brother, and one was um, quite scary, and we luckily got the this nice one on our year um so I, it might have been different the other way around but yeah we got lucky i think no ours was um if they were i think i probably was just very heavily disassociated at the end of the show it's just like i don't <laughs> i fucking hate this like i'm t- too far gone to leave this is a nightmare i was I, I wanted it to be a dazzling and wonderful experience but in actual fact it was just a very consistent reminder that i can't dance for shit um, and you couldn't drop out once you had gotten into the show mm-hmm. like you had to stay in the show and I was like but I can't dance and there was one rehearsal in particular where the name redacted German teacher who was running the show um, gave me a real like you need to at least look like you're trying to get this right conversation do you know so it was not like well done mm. girls you were dazzling it was like I heard too much laughing in the fucking changing rooms can you not do that like it was oh, very very um uh, my god that my school could absolutely turn even the most potentially delightful situation into uh, a punitive um, hellscape like <laughs> I, I, I I've I've had I've been in and out of different theatre things my whole well, Jesus not for the last fucking 10 years but like for a long time I was and mm. I never encountered a more joyless vacuum of pleasure than that musical which is such a fucking bummer because I love musicals and again, yeah. I grew up watching my grandmother and this like swathe of lovely women and, and, and the, the rest of the shows, the, the cast of the shows in the community theatre, this big, elaborate amateur dramatic society. Um, and they all had a fucking blast. They were always having a great time and the shows were always great. But our school, um, yeah, no, <laughs> not, a, not a good time uh, no. at all. We had page by page notes, so he'd go through the script and be like, "This line was off, or this lighting cue was off." And it was basically the thing of like, if you don't have any notes, you get to go home at like you know nine thirty or whatever. If there's fifty pages of notes, and takes half an hour to read you out. We, the, whole, the whole cast, the whole crew, sit there, and it's that kind of thing of like, yeah. And I, I remember similar to like Alan. There was I think it was Animal Farm on the first couple of nights or something like that. It was so bad and like. The, the note pages were just like ridiculous and it was one of the like most brutal experiences of just like being like this is this is not a fun experience right now it that seems like overkill for like how like how many nights were you doing like four three, or five four, three, three, yeah four. wow yeah no nah, man this this musical the, this this teacher is fascinating to me so this yeah. is his mm. this is his like his passion, his vocation is is composing these musicals, you know. So I would imagine that has real downsides as well as real upsides when you're dealing with somebody's sort of projection. Like imagine yeah. writing an Animal Farm musical and casting a bunch get, of children in it. Uh, yeah, eleven to eighteen year olds. The one understand Animal Farm. Two, it was one of the ones where he made us like the main characters. So all the animal people who played animals were on stage for the whole two hours. Of so the play. yeah. Like, there was grace. No, yeah, there was no breaks. You were there and you were in. Three, he set it in a mental hospital. So, like, <laughs> so the part of it was we were patients in a psychiatric hospital, um, and they were making us perform Animal Farm. They're making the patients perform Animal Farm <laughs> to psychologically understand the patients. The head of the mental hospital was the narrator who was a drag queen. So they they had a lab coat on and then there was like a teenage boy with like suspenders on underneath and they were like the heads of the mental hospital and like narrating the story. Um, and then we all got our animals. I was a cow 
uh, I had an OXO cube printed shirt on to indicate that I was a cow. Um, and then there were rewritten songs. So they He rewrote The Girl from Ipanema um, to be about the animals learning four legs good, two legs both in the do, do, do. Do, 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 do. He went four legs good, two legs bad. <laughs> that was, that's the level that we're talking of here. Um, and then at the end, Rachel, all, I'm not well, man. I'm not well. <laughs> at the end, all the cars sang, "Oh, what a wonderful world!" As all the animals were like dying or whatever. Like you know, it's like it was really dark. <laughs> and yeah, Faustus yeah. was similar that he set it in a um. A, a cabaret was Faustus. There was a cabaret show. Um, and it's a bit cheerier than a mental hospital, now, to <laughs> yes. be fair. Like, you know, but especially it, critically that there are your children in this as young as 11. Like, yes. that's <laughs> pretty important stuff, you know. But it was always like, yeah, the, the you know, that kind of like immersive theatre thing he was obsessed with. So for all of the ones that he directed and like wrote or whatever, like the play started as like the audience were coming in and you were in the seats like acting and it was just it was just chaos like imagine trying to be a 12 year old trying to keep a straight face pretending that's, to be like and so you're, like, much to put on a kid. like yeah. it's just so much and yeah and i just remember it just being like this is like truly like mentally does something to experience where you're just like like this is what teachers are telling me to do <laughs> or like this is what's supposed to be a normal school play in that way and then yeah i chat to like my friends and they're like yeah we just did like we just did annie because <laughs> <laughs> like my college roommate was um uh in acting uh he was in acting school what word am i looking for here he was an acting student uh but they did like a break play for like their second or third year like hmm. final show and that was like like 20 21 year olds doing an actual break play and it was still like a lot he, he was like it was really tough to do like mm. um i can't imagine people who don't give a shit really or people who are like just want to have like do a fun musical children yes <laughs> that's the word children i think he yes. was a bit obsessed because it was also because when the a-level theater class um they had to do like a play and whichever half the class were given to him to do the play he did the trial which is um like brechtian as well and so mm. i think it was his like fixation to do it in the, these kind of ways. Um, what power so, yeah. to be given I know. as a school drama teacher? Just I think fucking carte like, blanche, off you go. Like, it's this weirdly powerful way, because you're also like, you're in this position to make kids kiss if you want and stuff like this. And like, <laughs> you make like kids like do these quite like fundamentally embarrassing things in front of the public. It's quite a powerful school role to I have. I can fucking traumatize the shit out of these kids. Yeah. Real easy. And like my excuse is that it's art and that they have to learn how to do the like that is yeah that mm, that job can go one way or another like yeah you know? yeah exactly and I think Ugh. there was some, like crazy with power stuff going on um, which <laughs> which like looking back I'm like ah, like in all the dynamics ah. but um, yeah it was it just made like this very weird energy of like the plays when like you're rehearsing and things like that and then i remember also during animal farm the costume was everyone had to wear long johns oh miserable mm. that's miserable. not what a teenager wants to wear in public yeah. at no. all no. like for health to see we got to wear we all had to buy, buy, buy charity shop suits and all the girls were in like 60 dresses mm. and everybody like when a little, the first dress rehearsal everybody was like a little bit feral after that one mm. i remember like someone saying that her we overheard someone's mother going like she's getting so eager to come to rehearsals she started wearing the suits That's <laughs> so she's like oh my god 16 yeah. boys in suits yeah because like, like 20 16 15 16 year olds in suits yeah which yeah. probably looks ridiculous but when i look back at yeah. all our debs all the debs photos for example like we all look absurd but honestly oh. the the <laughs> absolute oh my god alan has just provided visual evidence rachel would you like to describe the picture that alan is just holding up um it's just a pure white shirt on alan um the hair as well slicked down from what i can see um if I, did, I didn't have a haircut till i was 25 that's just my hair growing straight okay. yeah i have perfect um, your hair. wife looks absolutely gorgeous oh yeah caroline yeah. is beautiful absolutely like, gorgeous in that such stunner um, you do, yeah. You, it's giving, it's giving me Paul Mesco and normal people when he's that. Like, <laughs> big time, um, big yeah. time, enormous yeah. uh, Connell and Waterford energy. Um, yeah. 
Who would have like, been yeah. a great like, jock in a school play, Connell? Is a great character. Oh, yeah. Jock in a school yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Fucking hell, though. Those suits, man, when you're a teenage, when you're a teenage gal and you've just simply not encountered a teenage boy in anything other than just, like, a Nirvana hoodie and a pair of jeans, you're just like, I don't know what to do with this. But the things they put girls in in the school plays as well, like, it's also, I think, feral from the other side as well. Like, I remember some of the girls ending up in, like, semi-underwear for school plays and it just being like, it's fine because, like, it's a play and they're pretending to be adults. We had bulk body and fake ass pennies, le- Primark pennies, leather jackets, white seat, ha- like, white cheap t-shirts the ones that are kind of see-through and very unflattering jeans and your black school shoes for the t-birds oh my god no my wife i think i mentioned the last episode my wife her school play was uh, an all-girl calamity jane where she was her and three girls were can-can dancers that's my ideal that's just where i go when i die is an all-girls production of calamity jane like (laughs) perfect that's my um my weekend drama school because that was like the level that my i had so much leftover energy my mom was like off to it a weekend as well uh they made 14 and 15 year olds do chicago and you can Mm. imagine the outs the outfits on 14 and 15 year old girls doing chicago um a bunch of of four year old girls doing uh uh, tango Tango. yeah yeah and just like straddling chairs in front of like an audience of, of boys and people it's just like no wonder like there was just such like yeah um, i went to like a it was like a christmas variety show um mm-hmm. with, with adults but my sister-in-law and one of my friends were in Selbach tango in it mm-hmm. and it was most uncomfortable seven <laughs> minutes of my life however long Selbach tango is i hate Selbach tango so it's much. 100 years it's long my least, and it's, great. it's my what least favorite i hate it why do you hate it alan i think it's I think saying lipshits and pop are like oh, it's like the hardest the hardest lines in all of musical theatre are to not make those lines cringy. I don't yeah. know what it is. It has big Artemis from it's always something in Philadelphia energy. <laughs> if you, that's it's like she is all of Selbach oh, Tango no. in one person. Oh, and that's why no. I get a lot of cringe but it seems very hard to do it well and I've seen yeah. it, a lot of, it I've seen it done is, badly a lot I haven't seen it done badly this is the thing I haven't seen mm-hmm. it done badly I've only so seen it done well. Do it well like you have to be so hot to do it well and just like confident like to do Chicago well you have to just be a very yeah. hot person it's kind of like cabaret like all of those kind of star ones you have to be a very hot person and not an insecure 15 year old who's in like <laughs> a pair of like M&S suspenders yeah like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, like they, I got a hand them for the cat's end of the production. They did give them the full leotard face paint, you oh. know, the business. The Lion King, I mean, might have been questionable. I wasn't in that segment now. Uh, I know the girls, <laughs> actually, still am in touch with the girls who played uh, Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa. Um, and they are all, they're a set of cousins, actually. And they're hilarious bitches and incredible singers. And I do remember watching them rehearse and being like genuinely kind of blown away because they all had lovely chemistry because they grew up together. Mm. Um, but I don't fucking not sure how well the tribal makeup fiasco for that gang would have uh, would have uh, <laughs> dated. Um, but no, all of our costumes were very deliberately dowdy and unstylized. Like the mm. Saturday Night Fever ones, we were all just told because it's two thousand and what year was it? Was it two thousand and four, two thousand three? So like. We all would have had flares and stupid shirts anyway. So I think I wore some of my own clothes for Saturday Night Fever. Um, yeah. Or some of my grandmother's clothes um, from the 70s. Um, but like, I, our, our one was so void of playfulness that they wouldn't, there was no sexiness in it. There was no like excitement or that that kind of edge of like, oh, is this appropriate? Or, oh, we're, we're all teenagers singing songs about the depths of adulthood. Mm. absolutely neutered the whole thing which is such a bummer like you know again there's always a weird line about like probably wouldn't put a bunch of teenagers in Chicago now to be fair <laughs> <laughs> yeah just wouldn't no but or cabaret actually you yeah know? unless yeah. you want to go unless you want to hit real hard on the wartime elements of cabaret but like a lot of cab- cabaret straight up got a bunch of songs that are about threesomes do you know what i mean yeah i was about to say two ladies also wouldn't do a chorus line you know there's a few that i'm like i don't know about teens in this but i think it's possible to walk uh an interesting like i mean I did, calamity jane's perfectly appropriate even though that's a, a musical about burlesque you know like there's i don't know I'm kind of getting grumpier and grumpier about it now. I'm like, nah, my school <laughs> fucking sucked. My school was terrible. Fucking kip. Um, would you go if, you, 
what do you think would have been a musical you would have wanted to do? Like, or like, did you ever have a good experience of doing like a school play or any sort of production that was like a fun thing for you and you genuinely had a good time? Like Alan talked about how much fun he had doing like his ones. Yeah. I would urge anybody to go listen to Brotherhood of Man from yeah. Let's in Business After This. It's knowing that you're, you have that at the end of your night every night for a week is just one of the best feelings. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Like really I did, funny. I did a little shop at my um my weekend theatre school, and that was so much fun. Little who are you in little shop? Oh my I was god! The, um, like the girls, you know, who do like <gasps> uh, skid row and stuff like that. Mm. And it was That's great amazing. because we had a girl. There was three of us, like as in the thing, and there was one of the girls with us who now is like a cruise ship performer. She's like a professional <sighs> singer, and Look. she could belt. And so mm. she would just like do all the belt stuff, and the rest of us would just kind of like dance about her and have a lot of fun and just like the whole energy of little shop is that kind of thing that i was saying before like the campy you can do a lot of tongue-in-cheek like the dentist song you can just get a boy up there who really wants to have like a load of fun and it's great and so it works really well i think it would actually be a brilliant school musical little shop because you could do great stuff with Um, puppets you know you have have i told the story before little shop is directly responsible for my uh like marriage (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know this story. Okay, so um, so my wife Caroline is does not do musicals and stuff, but her mother was really involved in Waterford musicals. Like she's like on original cast recordings of like Waterford musicals and stuff. So she was part of a group that set up um a youth theater company called the Really Youthful Theater Company. I think it was called. Which and their first show was at Shop Horrors, which I did not audition for, but I knew everybody in it. So I went to the like the um the cast party at the end. Hmm. Um, and Caroline was also there and she like apparently had a crush on me because we both worked together we had the same part time job so she came up to me and asked me to dance and she had a boyfriend at the time right so nothing happened that night but her mother literally said to someone that night she's like oh uh, her boyfriend's done that night and that was like amazing yeah amazing that's the extended yeah. power, power of the theatre I Exa- love that you know, oh my god like, I got like proxy youth theatre energy that is fantastic <laughs> and funded uh, interestingly um, the guy who played the dentist in That Little Shop of Horrors also played the pharaoh in Joseph wow. think, so he he knew what he was doing he knew where he, yeah. where he was at yeah yeah I saw a little I just saw a little shop um, off Broadway um, Ooh, a couple of months ago uh, Christian Boyle played the dentist he was briefly married to Sutton Foster and is sort of like a mm. Broadway famous guy um and an understudy played Seymour uh and it was really interesting they made loads of really good choices they had the actress who played Audrey is a good bit older than the actor who plays Seymour mm-hmm. which is correct Perfect. uh but it was a tiny cast I'd say it was like maybe 11 mm. maybe less actually um but the three girls uh who are who are your sort of Greek chorus are on the stage all yeah. the time that's that Brechtian thing where they're just always there at the front sitting on two like faux stoops um and they're completely present throughout and uh i really loved that they were fucking brilliant because they obviously had a lovely comf- they're very comfortable together they were very playful like and they were vocally just astonishing so well well tuned together and um, the stage was quite small and the plant was fucking huge i will say that <laughs> so you get a real claustrophobic sense of like the shop and the plant and everything that's happening um i found it really like moving to go and see it you know something was like one of the most beautiful songs in musical theater to go for and like to hear it loud it's just like i was thinking about i was was watching a a a tiktok about this recently um because it's alan menken isn't it and suddenly seymour is oh no it's not suddenly seymour it's somewhere that's green yes is a prototype for part of your world yeah right like you can yeah. hear that that the same lift and that same hopeful tone um in both of them yeah i just think it's a fucking it's a stunning weird musical and i think it would be a perfect it would be a perfect school musical um my one like pro- so like obviously little shop's got like a lot more popular over the last like i think few- it's like become like less of a kind of like only like people who are really into musical theater know yeah it's it. less cult like, yeah, it's like it's less cold. It's kind of gone like the um the Rocky Horror way of like right. Um, and the problem I have is a similar thing which happens with Rocky Horror is like handsome musical theatre men want to be uh, Seymour 
and want to like be rocky or whatever it's like no if you're a handsome man in little shop you're the dentist because yeah. the, mm-hmm. the thing is if you're a conventionally it's like jake gyllenhaal always does it jake gyllenhaal always appears at these things from jake gyllenhaal and goes around and is like oh shouldn't you cast me as like Seymour? the dorky guy yeah, yeah. it's like no oh. Seymour is fucking Rick Moranis, yes. dude. Like, come on. It's toxic masculinity. You need to be the dentist. And it's the switch of you're so attractive, but you're an absolute psycho. And it's that kind of same thing of like, you know, they want to play like uh, uh, Frank in Rocky Horror and be like, oh, aren't I like in touch with my feminine side and like, you know, the suspenders and stuff. And I'm like, no, go be the go be the, the monster or go be Brad. Like, go be I Brad. Go be fucking it. Brad. Go away. I don't want to see Boring. any of it. And so, yeah, Milk that's what Problem. I saw a great production of Rocky in New York when I, that one trip I had just had COVID and I was like exactly just over it so I was not well but I was also as immune as I was ever going to be so mm. I um, went to a lot of shows um, and went to Rocky Horror and stayed at four o'clock in the morning and the production of Rocky Horror I went to see was an almost all trans cast which was brilliant and it was really um it was really wild. Like the room was fucking rammed with people. It had the full props, the full uh, chaos. Um, the shadow cast were uh, fantastic and really generous and really generous with their bodies. You know what I mean? Like it was not a thoroughly clothed affair by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. And I think it's one of those things where you could tell the cast all knew each other quite well. So they were very comfortable with each other. So that allowed it to be kind of funnier and kind of sexier. Like it was genuinely one of the sexiest Rockies that I've seen because everyone was so comfy with each other up there or something it was fucking great it was completely unhinged like it was it was really brilliant and i i hadn't been to a rocky in years and it gave me a real like i think those shadow cast productions tap into something of that school musical energy of everyone just kind of getting together and doing their best mm. because the rocky doesn't have to be perfect and shouldn't be perfect mm. but it should have chaos and enthusiasm enough to make up for anything that's missing it's why I always love those produ- those like musical theatre productions that you get where it's like and like a one light only style thing with ones that they do at the Greek theatre in LA where they get a bunch of celebrities and they do like a big musical like they a few years ago they did Rent and they do I can't remember what other ones they've done recently I think COVID like put a spin on them but like it's the energy of like this is not a well rehearsed Broadway production this is a bunch of people who are obviously very good at acting or very good at the kind of things they're doing and they all love this like this book and this musical and they're going to try and do it as well as they can and like maybe it'll be a bit chaotic or maybe it'll be like a bit high energy but like it will be really enjoyable and like that's kind of thing when things get a bit too smooth and things get a bit too polished it's less fun yeah it loses it loses grit or something after a certain point i don't know i think there's there's a lot there's a lot to be said for that that spur of the moment passion over uh organization Mm. end of things Mm. you know there we go. I think. Have we talked ourselves out? <laughs> I think we're getting there. I mean, <laughs> you'll probably just keep riffing on musical theatre. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone seen any good musicals recently? I saw um, Six this year. Oh, was- how was that? Yeah. I feel like I see Six on social media all the time, but I've never seen Six. I was really skeptical. So I listened to the soundtrack years ago, and I was a bit like, I don't know if I like this. And then it was one of my friend's 30th this year. And like six is a perfect crossover all of her interests. And so I was like, I'll buy you tickets. Like the London production's actually got quite like reasonable, like non-expensive, good tickets, especially like midweek. This is not a promo, but like this is a kind of like if you like it's it's like not an expensive one. Because they do sh- two shows a night because it's very short. There's no interval. Great. Like oh hour. wow. Wow. Yeah, okay. It's like an hour and a bit maybe, and it just runs and then they do the interval to clear out the theatre and then the next show starts um and it's actually really really fun like it's yeah like each queen gets a song and like it's each in the style of a different like pop star diva so there's like an adele style ballad there's like a kind of rihanna style calypso-y sort of thing um and yeah like it's a lot more fun and subversive than i than i like initially thought um, and they also like rotate the cast quite a lot and get di- people playing different queens. So I really recommend it if you get the chance. Like, it yeah, was, it's a good evening. It's quick as well. And so if you don't want to like commit a whole evening to a show, you can just kind of like go in and then be out by like 
o'clock. I love that. I love yeah. that. What, what about you, Al? Have you seen that in God recently? You were, I guess you, I'm sure there was a lot of singing and musical experiences on the, the cruise, right? Oh yeah. So on the, I was on Disney Wish, uh, which is Disney's latest cruise ship. Um, so they had three original shows on there. The first was just like called Seize the Adventure, S-E-A-S. And it was just like, like kind of medleys and like, so they had like Moana do her, her song and like uh, Tiana do her song. Um, the whole Princess and the Frog section of that is incredible. Anytime that Disney do do a live Princess and the Frog thing, it's just the highest energy bit of any show they do. And it's just pumps you up so much. Princess um, but they and the Frog fucking rules, man. Yeah. Uh, rules. They also then had... Um, like an hour long Broadway style version of Little Mermaid and Aladdin. Sick. Which were both great. Um interestingly, um for Little Mermaid, they had a black uh, Ariel and a black Ursula. Sick. Oh, Amazing. Yeah. Frepping everybody for the film. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Good vibes. Really good. That's fucking yeah. good. Crazy version of Ursula is like the funnest role. I've seen a few ver- mm. like versions of videos of like uh, people doing poor unfortunate souls and it's just ah. Oh, oh she was unbelievable. The note she, and she's had so much fun with it as well it was really cool mm. uh, and obviously it's the same cast for all of these so then they were um, then Aladdin as well which I'd seen before um, Aladdin's great because they have um, like a gymnast as the magic carpet <gasps> so he has like a full body suit oh my god so that, that stretches the whole way down from like, his arms up to his legs and he's like a duvet cover yeah and flipping like he, around yeah like when you're the duvet ghost exactly like, yeah but you, oh, that's fun. That's but like good. a proper trained like gymnast doing that. Uh, but oh. then for um for a whole new world, they have a proper um like mechanical carpet, and then the Sick. whole screen comes up like the oh. they like back project like the world and the travel onto that oh. and fill the stage with smoke. It's really well, especially for a cruise ship. You know that they they have they have like we got a tour of the stage a couple of cruises ago, and like they have like multiple like lifts like they, they have three different lifts on the stage and they they have like wire work as well um and it's really cool I, the actual only non-cruise show i've seen since the pandemic was book of borman mm-hmm. um which i really liked um i know it there's some like proper genuine criticism about like its portrayal of africa and africans um but all the mormon stuff i really i thought was really really funny um they you kind of you know, we're kind of all over a bit South Park at this stage. Mm. But there's there's one bit in Book of Mormon where you're suddenly hit with, I am watching a, a musical by the South Park people. It's this the scene in Hell. Oh, yeah. Where, that where was... if you see that live with everything that's happening in that scene, where it's like OJ and Hitler and like all this <laughs> kind of stuff happening, it's, it's a lot of fun. But there is, they've updated some parts of it, I think, to reflect mm. current sensibilities. But they could probably do it updating a little bit more of it, I would say. But yeah, but still fun. It's it was it was good to it was fun to just like hear a live band playing music and people singing along to it. You know, mm. so that's probably affected a little bit how how I reacted to it. Yeah, how about you, Sarah? You saw um, Operation uh, Mincemeat recently, didn't you? I saw Operation Mincemeat uh in January and it blew my fucking mind. And I wish I could listen to the soundtrack every day. I just wept. I just wept the whole way through. It's not a sad show, um, but I was so overcome by watching it's a very small cast five it's five or six in the cast and everyone is so completely gifted and in tune with each other like i was saying about that rocky horror experience when you're watching a bunch of people who just completely utterly trust each other's abilities on stage like it it, it was very intimate the songs are fucking amazing bangers throughout um the story is is yeah, I, I just think it's one of the best things I've ever seen in my fucking life. And it's really I, annoying I, that I only got to see it once and there's no soundtrack yet. So um, I hope it comes back next year. Uh, if it does, you should go see it. Um, this month, before I go teaching abroad, I mm-hmm. am going to stop through London and I am hoping to see two shows while I'm there. One of which is the new Punch Drunk Theatre show, which so yeah. Punch Drunk, you've probably heard me bang on before a million times about... Um, did sleep no more which is a <laughs> dance retelling of macbeth <laughs> set over set over a hundred rooms in a warehouse um and it's one of the most important things i've ever seen and i've seen it like four times now um but they have a new show in london 
that's set over two warehouses and is uh, we're doing two guys come on let's do two it two <laughs> warehouses you're never going to see it all you just got to mosey your way through it's called the burning city so i'm hoping to see that and i'm also hoping to see another favorite musical of mine uh only in a immersive experience form uh jeff wayne's war of the worlds um <laughs> so apparently there's a like hour and a half long immersive experience that you can go through while you're listening to jeff wayne's war of the worlds um so i'm gonna fucking go and see that and have hopefully my mind blown i've seen the stage show of that uh which was very moving and listened to it countless times um and i was back on a buzz with it recently and i found myself googling the live show to see if it was touring and it's not but there is again a warehouse in london somewhere where you can just go in and look at fucking martians and shit so i'm gonna that's my forthcoming theatrical hopes and dreams very excited about the jeff wayne thing um yeah that sounds great um, yeah. I, I, I need to i was waiting for um punch drunk to maybe quite quiet down because it gets like a big surge when people first start going and so i was like yeah i'm gonna see maybe if i can sneak in there as well it's running uh, till it's running well into the spring but okay. I missed the Drowned Man. Like I've missed uh, mm. like the other ones that they've done in England. So I'm like, I'm going to try and go twice. Like I'll go now and then I'll go again in the spring because I know that Sleep No More, like Sleep No More is like responsible for a bunch of other words for smoke. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like, no, this is a research trip. This is not a, <laughs> yeah. like a fun, jolly night out. It's a, I'm going to try and um, feel something. However, the Jeff Wayne thing is a jolly night out. Like that is... <laughs> fucking grey crack altogether um yeah I feel like yeah. we could continue to do this forever but we probably I know, shouldn't because yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I want to ask you a high school musical actually will you come yeah. will you come back and do high school musical with us Rachel <laughs> yeah I'll come back and do high school musical a really deep dive because one of my first things I did at the pandemic was make my partner watch all the high school musical films oh, to explain so good explain law um and yeah, I can, I'll find also, there's a picture of me on a school program, so I'm doing the, so to do the jump thing, but we couldn't all jump because cameras were so bad back then. So we wanted to lie down on the floor and pretend Amazing. to jump. Um, so that's like, yeah, part of the law of it. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely, if you'll have me come back. Um, Absolutely. And until then, I recommend all your listeners to do as I do and watch clips of Broadway musicals on YouTube pirated, um, which is always under the name of like, Slime Tutorial. They always call them Slime yeah. Tutorial. If you have any hot links for like the Beetlejuice <laughs> show, I'm looking for, I'm looking to be able to watch Beetlejuice in, in full. Have, have you watched the, um, the not Explainer, but there's like a really good YouTube channel I was say, uh, called Waiting in the Wings and it does um, video essays about Broadway musicals that were either like very difficult productions or like something con- like it did the Spider-Man musical which is oh, a very yeah, really, yeah. like controversial one and did a really good one on the Spongebob musical which explained like how it, and it does one for the Beetlejuice because apparently it was like it was a pandemic like uh, closure um, so I'd recommend going to watch that as well because it's a good kind of like it does like musical theatre law really well oh I love that mm. I love Tales from the Wings Tales from the Theatre that's what I'm all about Waiting in the Wings at school it's very Waiting good Waiting in the Wings okay we're going to have so much to talk about next time until then mm-hmm. Rachel <laughs> where can people find you and if you want to plug anything plug anything you want while it remains um, I'm, <laughs> we're saying before this I am, I am not leaving Twitter for any well for a new platform. I'm staying there until it dies. I am fiddling um, my violin into into the flames <laughs> or whatever the metaphor is. Um, On the deck so, of the Titanic, baby. Yeah, <laughs> <That's really> <laughs> <hard>. <laughs> I'm, I'm going down with it. Um, there was like a tweet a while ago, which was like, what is the, your genre that when you tweet, like none of your followers understand it, but it's the thing you really love tweeting about, and that is musical theatre. <laughs> um, Those so tweets are for me and Alan. Those tweets are for me and Alan. That's yeah, what they're for. Um, I'm tweeting about musical theatre occasionally uh, at Rachel Krishna, just my name at Twitter, and most other social like platforms of that. And at some point, as we we're saying before recording here, I will do maybe do some TikToks um, <laughs> when I can bear to put my face out for younger people and just have them be like. Say awful, say awful things or whatever they do. <laughs> There's horrible things where it's like you, you're almost there. You look so good. It's like shut up. 
<laughs> Sarah, where can we find you? Oh, you can find me on TikTok. I'll tell you that much, but not my face. Uh, my my TikTok is Sarah Grifsky, um, as is my Instagram. Uh, I have dipped a toe into Mastodon, um, where I'm Sarah Griff. Who knows? Will it last? But otherwise, still on Twitter uh, as the ship goes down. Um, my books, Sparing Vampires and Other Words for Smoke, are available in all good bookstores, and I will have news on forthcoming titles quite soon. Alan, what about you? Uh, I'm Alan underscore McGuire everywhere except Mastodon where for some reason I didn't do the underscore I felt like a treat to myself to mm. get the non-underscore version Am yeah I- my husband got just at his name yeah I, like- I probably could have gotten just Alan if I wanted I exquisite. shouldn't have just done that yeah uh, Juvenalia is Juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter and Juvenalia pod on Instagram we have a Patreon where we talk about things we have started and finished I'm very eager to talk about The Witcher Tree with Sarah Ooh. next time we talk I'm 80 hours into it Sarah 80 Wow. Okay, yeah. we've got to unpack that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, Dean McDonald, for our artwork. Thank you to Cassie and Tall for having us. Thank thanks, you, Cassie. Rachel Krishna, for coming oh, back thanks, to us. Rachel. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon, everybody. Bye. See you soon. Bye.